0: Yes? Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, No, because the OBS kind of glitched. Hello, everyone. Uh, Uh, Welcome back to another episode of Luz Cannon. It has been a while again because uh, our last episode, I didn't have internet because uh, a really bad snowstorm took out internet for like six hours that day. And uh, today, I opened my windows so I can get a a lot of natural light on me. Today, I opened my windows and it's snowing outside and I was like, oh, no. I had a small panic attack Because I was like, don't do it again Don't do me like that So, how how have uh, you been, now?
1: Good Yeah, you know, it's uh, a new year A new mm-hmm. dawn, a new life, whatever Just back at it Here we go Witch Queen, right around the corner
0: Yeah, it will, it will be In nine days And our next episode will be The weekend after the release of, of which queen I'm very excited for, for many aspects of it. The thing that I, I, I can't wait for the most though, is the new, um, cause they mentioned, I'm not sure if they mentioned it in a podcast or, uh, an article somewhere and in, in the ViDoc, but they mentioned having more aspects than the ones that we show, we were shown specifically from, I think it was raids or potentially the legendary campaign. And, uh, that makes me want to do those immediately which i'm usually like oh i'll wow. do it eventually but now i'm like no 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 i need to get in there now because i want these void aspects the void subclasses look amazing
1: yeah they really do um it, w- it was nice to hear them on um on podcast uh, i forget that gentleman's name um there's too was, many he- on dcp yeah, the DCP. They were he really fleshed them out um, mm-hmm. as far as the void subclasses. So yeah, I'm really excited uh, once we get get our hands on. Man, void has been. Uh, how long has it been
0: <laughs> <laughs> since since it's in existence? I mean, well, hunters yeah, got. It I mean, taking king, we had a whole so year they tra- without the void.
1: Yeah, so they transplanted void into D two, but it mm-hmm. was really pretty much unchanged. For the I most mean, part. Um... we had well, we had the. Uh, I'm sorry, I take that back. We had the entire, which was like the Blade Dancer, but Void version. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, so when when it was when it came into D2, it, it was reg- almost unchanged. There were definitely differences yes. between D1 and D2, and then a year after, yeah. we had the Middle Tree, which really shook it up for Void yeah. specifically.
1: So, like the Middle Trees are what we got that were significantly different. And mm-hmm. that was much later, but all the the basic voids have been unchanged <laughs> for yeah. since we got it.
0: Yeah, and I mean I don't think this is really going to change them up so much as it's it's going to like just refine how you play it, which I'm yeah. really excited about. It sound it sounds like hunters will have. um and hunters and warlocks and titans will have their their core aspect of invisibility uh devour and overshielding uh it sounds like they'll have a, a, a great deal of the time where you know for titans never always having an overshield like what's not to like about that hunters always being uh in quick quickly to invisible invisible states and warlocks constantly regenerating your health like through devour like that's those are really awesome things and the idea that in a pinch i might be able to perform something that triggers and devour on a hunter is also very exciting and that's what i think the the aspects will be the raid i like
1: i like that they've kind of defined void as a as a whole and they've given that Mm -hmm. whole whole void feeling to all of the uh, different classes. And now like, for instance, suppressor grenades are mm-hmm. available to everyone and hunters, you know, can use them. And before that wasn't a thing, but they've kind of, they've kind of helped. And just me speaking for a hunter, cause that's what I play, but they've kind of helped take the hunter and allow him to be even more supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then neat little uh, things that I was looking at were like the tracking arrows that's mm-hmm. a neat idea and the and leaning into the whole if you make a kill you get more invisibility that mm-hmm. kind of thing you know like the pay for payoff the mm-hmm. play for payoff is is more it's a higher dynamic yeah so yeah, absolutely. Um, it evokes you to make it and it makes you lean into the void abilities and kills to get your ultimate reward which is like the invisibility and the mobility and that keen stuff like that stuff mm-hmm. But the uh, supportive the supportive uh, void class was like you know when we first got it as a hunter mm-hmm. that was that was a game changer because hunters are super yeah.
0: they had no they had they didn't even have something that like pretended to be support no it was no. exclusively it's... just your yourself <laughs> <It's> so selfish <laughs> like at least now like with Arc Strider you have Middle Tree the the whole spinning reflect like that's kind of supportive. It's still really selfish, but it's like, yeah, I mean technically yeah. you can tank hits with it for a second. Hold <laughs> uh one but... go on. Sorry. Go on. Oh no, can you not I can't hear you if you're talking. Oh no. Well, hopefully that's uh, an easy fix and doesn't need a whole restart of your computer this time. What I was going to say, though, was... Okay, okay, well, there you go. You're back. Um, What I was going to say was that they said how, um, like you were saying in defining the void, uh, one of the aspects of void is getting an overshield, and we have other classes right now who have ways to get overshields, and they basically made it sound like that's going away. Like that is being like paired off for the void exclusively. And I really like the idea of each, uh, energy, each force as it's called in uh, certain areas, uh, having their own identity and having like their tent poles of their verbs of what make them them. And so, uh, and in, in the, the collector's edition, we actually get some of that where Ikora, this whole this whole collector's edition is Ikora um, kind of her notes on herself, on the hidden, on stasis, on people talking to her, uh, you know, her messages back and forth between Zavala, uh, someone who claims to have been, uh, who claims to have died 13,000 years ago. Um, you know various things But kind of throughout it you have a continuing theme Of the morality Of using stasis and is stasis Dangerous and there's actually a really Interesting uh, entry Kind of early on in it Which talks about uh, If stasis is a virus And it kind of Talks about why Stasis behaves differently now Than it did a year ago Hmm. But uh, before we get into that, we have a, a lore card this week. I don't have a, a whole nice, pretty image queued up, but I do have it on screen. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's do
1: it. All right. <clears throat> so we were a little bit late, you know, getting to the podcast. So this was a little bit fresher at the time, but uh, it's a new year. And um, so I did a I did a, a lore card on um, the Lunar Tiger shell. mm mm-hmm which uh, it wasn't available to get in game yet, but we could all see it. So at the time I felt it was necessary to put it out because of the timing. Uh, And I don't know if you know how the Chinese new year works, but uh, each year it ends, it ends on the January 21st for, you know, for everyone. Um, And then there's like this 10 day hiatus where there's no, (laughs) there's no new year. And then all of a sudden a new year happens. Right. So, Um, so the, the new year of the tiger is, um, wrapped up in this shell. So if you look at the shell, you can see there's a little tiger. He's sitting on a wood ball and he's Mm -hmm. surrounded by the jade, uh, the jade sculpture that was carved. Uh, both, both of these are kind of, um, indicative of Chinese art. Uh, they use a lot of jade. Um, you know, it's an easy carvable material. And then they use a lot of wood, which is typically shellacked. Um, mm-hmm. and it had to show the grain and stuff like that. So this goes way back to like, you know, Ming dynasty stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of artifacts that harken back to these days where they were doing this, this stuff. And I like that the bungee artists kind of put it in game. So I picked the shell because there was a whole slew of Chinese new year themed items or year of the tiger items, I should say, mm-hmm. um, and they all have this kind of theme about the tiger because <laughs> it's the year of the tiger. And I thought that was also neat because, as you know, Bungie and Tiger Man and Destiny as a whole and the year of the tiger and this being the anniversary for, you know, the the whole Bungie just kind of culminating to this, like, power peak, right? Like, yeah. this is them. And so it, it was neat to kind of, like, to really kind of think about all of those things that that uh, wrap together. So, <laughs> the flavor text is for ghosts who pounce on what they want. Um, <laughs> so I pounced on it and put it up as a lore card. But uh, what that means is the characteristics of uh, of the tiger, uh, as you learn, is is kind of like each particular animal. It is. Um, is representative of that year, and so for like certain people born in those years, and it's cyclical, so like it changes. But people born in the year of the tiger are supposed to have certain personality traits, kind of like a kind of like the regular zodiac that most people know about in Western culture. Um, mm-hmm. But it's different; it's not. It's not based on months, it's based on years and so like there's these cycles of years. So if you were born in this year, everyone born in this year should have these certain personality traits if you you know lean into that stuff. Uh, so for the Chinese New Year festival, it starts on February 1st and it ends one year uh, on which would be um, February 21st. So according to the Chinese zodiac in to- 2022, this is the year of the tiger. Uh, there are 12 Chinese Zodiac animals. Uh, they're based on various species who turn up in the great race in for- folklore. So <clears throat> the way they describe it is um, there's a tale. It's a story about a great race, and there were all these animals that arrived. And so the tiger is known to be the king of the beast in China. He came in third in, in the race. Uh, hmm. The Jade Emperor invited certain animals to participate in the race, which were which twelve spe- different species showed up basically. Um, so as a reward, the years are named in order in which each animal finished the race. So large and small animals had to cross the track or course, which w- which also included a river at the end. Um, but the rat was first. Because he was riding on the back of an ox as he crossed the river and jumped right before the ox was able to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never, I've never actually heard this uh, story about the Chinese zodiac before.
1: Yeah, so there's like a bunch of variations on it, but that's the gist of it. And I didn't want to get into like all the minutia of the folklore story, mm-hmm. but that's why, that's why they have different animals that represent those here. So it's kind of like, um. It's kind of like this neat folklore tale about all the different animals that have to do with each year. Because how they complete the race shows you their characteristics. Uh, So like the rat taking advantage of certain situations and being able to, you know, Mm -hmm. jump at opportunity is very much like a trait of someone born in the year of a rat. The ox being, you know, steadfast and bull true and always getting to the end in a nice efficient manner, but never coming in first, you know, it's like, (laughs) Mm. and then the tiger who just ultimately is able to dominate the entire course, but then he comes to the river and he's like, uh, water, Mm." you know, and so his, his own little things can get in his way, but he's always like ready to pounce on any opportunity, but he gets in his own way. And so like Mm. these things that happen in the folklore are really neat because as they're doing the race, they're really telling a story about each indi- individual animal or beast, um, as they call it. And so this is the year of the tiger, uh, the animal that came third in the race.
0: So when <laughs> it went rat, ox, tiger. Isn't there a dragon?
1: Yeah, there's actually... <laughs> well, so it goes... Um, I mean, I can tell you all of them real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to hear them.
1: Yeah. Okay, all right. So let me pull it up I have to pull up my notes
0: because I know there I know there's rat ox dragon uh tiger monkey yeah
1: so, yeah, so uh the the cool oh. thing about this is is uh yeah there's there's a rooster <laughs>
0: yeah rooster
1: <laughs> so there's uh pig rat ox tiger rabbit dragon snake horse goat monkey rooster dog pig but there's also the more known versions which would be like you were pointing out the and so this is this is where it gets weird because it changed uh okay. the rabbit was became a cat <laughs> so I always was heard
0: a, rabbit you're saying that cat is more common than rabbit
1: no uh, well no rabbit was more co- common but uh just not too long ago they changed some of the uh uh, zodiac symbols and one of them was the rabbit which became
0: a cat okay
1: yeah it, it gets really kind of complicated <laughs> but uh basically i guess i felt over the years that it didn't really represent the personality traits well and so um this is, it's really complicated. So like asterism and Chinese Zodiacs have to do with a chart which has, uh, it tells a story about bad bloodletting days and mm-hmm. when to guard against demons. And uh, this chart, it contains nine figures that symbolize the elements in, in Geomancy. And um, basically, the, the eight trigrams, which are surrounded by the twelve animals of the months of the years, help to protect the entire universe in a way or somehow. Um, because in in asterism, the the heavens or the central plane of you know like perfection is guarded by or or, or managed by the emperor, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so the the twelve animals are kind of like the pillars the, the, that surround. You know that whole thing. Um, so uh, forever they've been carving Jade figures. Uh, jade is naturally white or, or more commonly white than green, but uh, it's more popular. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know that's why it comes up more in culture and and stuff like that. Um, so, I guess if we just go off of the traditional one, you'd have dog, pig, rat, bull, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, or, um, I've heard goat, but, uh, ram, monkey, rooster. Um, and so like, I think a lot of this has to do with translation and cultural identity. And so, uh, some of these things are up to change depending on the region that you've learned it in or or depending on the time uh because just like everything you know things change a little bit
0: yeah. I guess so all right uh, is that all you had
1: yeah that's all I had I mean okay. I could talk for that stuff on date uh for days but it's just it's not really relevant mm-hmm. <laughs> So I don't want to bog the whole thing down.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But like okay, that's so real sure. quick, real quick, if you were if you were born uh, in the year of the tiger, that means you were born in 20, 2022 or 2010, 1998, 1986. You see how it works. Mm-hmm. So like every you know, 12 years uh that's the year that you're in. So like I'm a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could also be uh a cat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I don't like that. I, I'm a monkey in the Chinese Zodiac.
1: Yeah, so you're a little troublemaker.
0: Well I guess I got there. For you. <laughs> that, that feels um that feels a little accurate. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what it meant.
1: Well, I guess it's like that's one of the trades.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Um so then to get into uh, <laughs> the CE, I'm so bummed out. Uh, my Collector's Edition shipped last week, and it hasn't actually... It shipped last week? It hasn't actually shipped. It's sitting in the facility. It, it hasn't okay. hasn't moved since then. So I'm at the point where I'm like, Maybe I'm going to get it on fucking time. Which would be a real bummer. Because uh, there are things about it that I want to talk about, but we're going to have to talk about them later. Uh, because I want to talk about them physically in hand, and um, <laughs> maybe actually they will have uh, some more relevance in the game and in the Witch Queen. Because I would really
1: like that. Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: Because it's just um, the the thing I want to talk about. I don't know if you're thinking the same thing I am. It's it's been progressively increasing in. Uh, repetitiveness Bungie keeps dropping it they, they, they keep including it more and more and more and more and more and I feel like they're doing it for a reason they're, they're trying to like show people this thing without actually directly saying it and they're trying to get a whole lot of people on board and then they're gonna like drop this revelation on us um, yeah but since I do not have the collectives edition myself we are lucky enough that um a person by the Reddit username of Novanades uh, scanned copies and a uh, user as well uh, by the name of Gravestone uh, transcribed them, which is great because this is 31 pages that I would have had to transcribe myself. <laughs> and that wouldn't I was going to do that, too. I was going to do that. And I was like, oh, God, I guess I'll do that like on this day. And it was like the very next day. They they posted uh, a transcript So we are using their transcripts
1: Oh uh, fortuitous
0: Yeah I, I, I get lucky like that <laughs> Very lucky like that But so um, Like I said A lot of this has to do with hidden uh, Usually it has to do More closely with the expansion Topic Sabathun. Uh You know we have Clovis Bray not Aramis, though. We had Clovis Bray, not Aramis. And we had, um, Nothing for, uh, um, Forsaken, but in Destiny 2. We had Callus's book and Taken King. We had, uh, Cade's book. So that's yeah. actually a good point. We got Cade's book and Taken King. But I mean, Cade was, and actually, this is kind of more like Taken King then in that respect because Cade was kind of the, uh, The figurehead of the expansion Like the non-enemy figurehead The person that you're rallying behind And this is all about Ikora It's several hidden reports uh, Trans uh, Communication transcripts On their Vanguard Internet uh, Shit like that She's getting hate mail from the Drifter That's in here So there's a whole bunch of things And uh, We went through we picked out a few of the interesting things and there's, there's a number of interesting things, but there's also like two hours of reading. So we're not going to go through every little detail. If you do want to find it, it is very easily found. Um, You know, just search for it. I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, I'll try to get a link for the description of the show. <sighs> and uh, so let's get into it, right? Yep. So uh the first the first entry is from uh one of the hidden agents uh Chalco, who later on we're going to see referenced a few more times so it's pretty interesting to see them they are a uh they are a hunter and they are uh reporting on un- unpaired ghost communities and so it's it's a hidden report and uh in this one of the interesting things that we get is that he he mentions how uh, I get the feeling that they're just sensing the same way we can divine the character of a long dead corpse. Whatever you want to call that fal- faculty, they're using it. So, like when a ghost goes to a body, they can they can kind of feel out like is this a person that deserves to be re- yeah? Uh, there's like a
1: hint of a spark, yeah,
0: yeah. And that's something that we still really just don't know, like anything about and it actually goes on further and in the sixth paragraph of this uh these ghosts without guardians argue about two things one is the exact nature of their connection to their undiscovered guardian is each ghost predestined to find one and exactly one soul to raise as a guardian or does each ghost have a taste a set of preferences that many dead people might satisfy could a ghost potentially raise anyone does the choice of a partner lie within the ghost, or is it a mission assigned by the traveler? So that, that's like a huge, yeah, a huge thing, you know, like it's very, it's very popular belief in the community that a ghost has a singular guardian, because we've kind of heard that su- suggested before, but I mean, science disproves science, right? So like eventually it could be discovered that ghosts can have multiple guardians Yeah. And they're, there are those that do believe it. I'm not in that camp personally. I am in the camp of one ghost per guardian because if if multiple guardian if if a guardian could have multiple ghosts, then there are guardians that ghost would be like, "Oh, that one's a hero. I'm going to go <laughs> revive that guy cuz his right. ghost died and make sure he doesn't stay dead." You know.
1: Right, what prevents them from just yeah. Like, like prioritizing,
0: yeah. Like Eris Morn, absolute hero. I mean, obviously she went through some shit, so maybe she's not the first choice. Yeah. But there are absolute heroes out there that like ghosts so, would be falling over themselves to revive Zavala.
1: Oh, so I'm in the camp. So I've I've long believed this. I have had this theory since D1. Um, mm-hmm. But, um. It basically, and I don't really have anything to base it on, but I've always believed that at the beginning of a ghost's initial search, he doesn't know, or they don't know what they're doing per Mm se. Uh, All they're looking for is a spark and they don't really understand it themselves, but they have, they have this thing inside of them that knows, you know, it's like two magnets, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like attraction, right? So it's, it's like, they know it's out there. And all they know is they have to keep seeking until they find it. And they don't know exactly what it is. But they scan, they scan, they scan. And then suddenly there it is. And what I think it is, it's a spark that is laid as a remnant of the person or the entity before that allows them to attune their light to them. Mm. And what is significant about that entity or person I feel it was sacrifice. It was some sort of great sacrifice that they did in their previous life that allowed them to have a resonance of their soul or the fragment of themselves remaining in that matter, carbon, basic dust, bone, whatever it is that's mm-hmm. left after their, their 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 fleshy, you know, vessel died. Right. Yeah. And so, the the ghost is somehow to attune his frequency to that spark and then raise them or you know, create a risen from that. Mm-hmm. And there's the conundrum, it's like some some risen don't necessarily think that's a
0: gift. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely.
1: And and things change. Like you like you learn you learn in this life um that it's not as easy as good and bad or evil versus good, that kind of uh thing mm-hmm. that we've been that we've learned you know that we were taught when we were kids that you know the the knight against the dragon and the tower, what you learn is the dragon in the tower was a victim of circumstance, or you learn that people are put in certain situations where they have to survive and that from the outside it looks like they may have been a bad person but on the inside they were a victim victim of their own circumstance or locked in that scenario and they had no way out and so they have to survive and ultimately this game is a, is a matter mm-hmm. of survival and you know just like the the thing that they wrestle with uh in lore constantly is this idea of um you know when a survival okay (laughs) when (laughs) is survival at at such a high cost morally okay right and so you know sacrifice is the ultimate you know uh, the ultimate like i don't know purity i guess is what Mm -hmm. i would say so that's why i believe that sacrifice has to do with like when the the drifter when the uh, uh, the speaker talks about you know the best the best thing you could do is go kill yourself basically <laughs> when he's talking to Gaul you know yeah. um but I mean, what you he mentioned said,
0: sacrifice as well
1: yeah so what he's saying is you know that guardians are uh guardians because of their natural ability to sacrifice themselves above all and and there's are, there's are certainly vast dynamics with this there there's a whole spectrum of of sacrifice and how hard do you lean to the left or the right? Like, look at the prax- praxics. <laughs> They're so far right on the sacrifice that they just conflagrate in any situation to try to annihilate everything around them. As soon as they realize, Oh my God, I'm going to die. And this is it.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that really raises the question because like I, okay. So there was a lot said there. So at first I think, Sorry. uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's great. In fact, I think that this, uh, corroborates your theory that when the ghosts first came, they didn't really know what they were doing. They were just searching for that something, whatever that yeah. something was, because they even question: is this a mission get assigned by the traveler? Because if it were, yeah. wouldn't they know it? Like they don't know it, you know? So, yeah. um, but then, and, uh, mother, mother, Codfish just brought this up in, in chat and it's one of my favorite topics. Uh, Cyril is a guardian who was revived and was so upset about being revived that he started hunting other ghosts yeah. to prevent other people from being revived. He's like the dead yeah. should stay dead, uh, this mentality. And so maybe in my opinion, maybe it's not exactly sacrifice, but like super strong conviction, which that could help you or that could go the exact opposite way and you well, get someone so like, like
1: Cyril. So so like if you if you if you if you analyze people characters in the lore that are in the middle, uh you mm-hmm. get a really good perspective. And the person that's best at that who's you know woke is Ulan Tan. Mm-hmm. So Ulan Tan is the perfect um example of that waffling in the middle, having to have a perfect balance with the universe. His idea is that if you really want to save the universe, uh, you should just give it all up. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's basically saying that what you're doing is you're playing a game. Whether you feel like you should play the game or you shouldn't play the game is irrelevant because there are no winners in the end. No matter what, the game will end. Or that's kind of like, you know, if you think about it in that kind of uh, analogy, I guess. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the only way to truly uh overcome the game is to decide not to play <laughs> it's this kind of viewpoint it's like you've been gifted with these uh with this light yeah. um so every time you use it you're driving yourself closer to uh, an end game so whether yeah. whether that be darkness or light whatever
0: and and so you know you do have those guardians who um who are very uh, good with their ghosts. They, they bond well with their ghosts. And then you do have those ones like Drifter, potentially even like Ulan Tan and, and Cyril, as we mentioned. And that's that's uh, Entry se- uh not Entry 7, Paragraph 7 here, where uh, Chalka reports, They also argue over how one should interact with their chosen guardian. Should ghosts accede to whatever their partner demands, demands or is a ghost relationship with the guardian a negotiated bond between equals and codependents? So like I think Cyril's ghost I, I forgot what happened with Cyril's ghost. I I know uh uh Reza ghost kept trying to prevent him from going down the path that he was going down, becoming Dredgenor. Yeah. And yeah. eventually Dredgenor was like, Get the fuck out or I'm gonna kill you and so yeah. then he got the fuck out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty harsh about it. He was basically yelling at the dog to go, go away, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's that iconic scene where the kids like you don't know what's going to happen if you keep, you know, stay with me or whatever and um so he basically banishes his ghost uh yeah before becoming a monster mm-hmm. uh, cuz he knew he knew he was yeah, before
0: a that final step like he was like yeah. right there on yeah. being a horrible monster
1: but see that's another thing like in this game that, so if you think about that specific scenario yeah. he sacrificed uh, himself because he knew that that he was, he was, well, (laughs) see, that's the thing. What is the root cause of conviction? What is the root cause of anything? Right. I mean, if you can, if you can debase everything to like one central point of decision making, where do we go? Do we go? Yes, no, or somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. If you don't decide, it's like the trolley problem. If you don't decide, something bad is going to happen regardless of your, your indecision. Mm -hmm. So where do you want to be on the, on the, on the, you know, the yes or no choice. And Ulan Tan was like, I don't want to play.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I thought, I thought this paragraph was really interesting, especially coming off of beyond light and thinking about the future because, while this season, or not this season, this year, we're not getting any new darkness powers, it is pretty well uh, believed and agreed upon that we will eventually be getting more. And Stasis still is kind of, like, uneasy. There are people who are outright against it. There are people yeah. who are like, I don't think you should use it, but I'm not going to stop you from using it. There are people who are just going, like, full dark. Like, even in the community, there are people who are like, fuck the light. Like, fuck the yeah. You know? There's... Yeah, And And so... In Beyond Light, our ghost kind of questions like, "Is this the right thing to do?" And then ultimately decides, "I'm here with you. Like I have enough faith in you that you will make the right choice. That I will stand by you." And part of me wonders how long will that last. You know, does that last forever? Do we do we get to a point where even our ghost is like, "You're you've gone too far. Like you, I don't want to be a part of this anymore." And even if we're not dredging, you're just wielding too much dark. And it's like, it's, I don't feel safe with you. You know, like what's the breaking point?
1: Yeah. Like truly how far can someone go? And, and you know, that's another thing too. It's like how much of this ghost guardian relationship or risen relationship, mm-hmm. um, was, was originally like, it's almost like two parts of a soul splitting, you know, like, how do we know? you know, how do we even know that the ghost isn't already a part of that spark somehow, just trying to find a way back into the body. And mm-hmm. this is the separation of, of soul and, and body. And the ghost is just yearning to be back a part of that gu- guardian. And it's somehow some like homunculus or <laughs> like some, you know, I mean, I, the thing that bothers me the most about, um, uh, like okay, so the three things that come up a lot are body, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. And so there's the body, then there's the soul, and then there's the mind. The mind is uh, calculating, using reasoning, trying to to bring in all of the scientific factual knowledge of of the environment they're in, which is this universe that basically just uh, the that makes up everything around you, which can be. Ultimately fallible because it's dependent on nature, and so the mind has to make sense of what its reality is, which mm-hmm. is everything it can uh, that relies on its senses, which are the most easily tricked <laughs> of all of all things in the universe. So, like you've got your sight, your taste, you know, your smell, your touch, <coughs> um, all of those things that you rely on. So there's the mind, mm-hmm. and then there's the body, which is like the vessel. It's holding the the mind and then there's this third which is almost an ethereal, um, just a it's it's a it's a compromised uh, ideal of the soul which is this if you if you believe that the soul exists it's this driving anima that creates the motor function for the universe to go. And mm-hmm. so the soul and the mind constantly being wrapped up in that yin-yang turmoil with one another are trapped in this body or this vessel or this environment. And so Bungie, everything in life revolves around these uh, struggles yeah. of the body and, and, and the mind and the soul. And so if you think about it in a way, the the, the ghost kind of represents the soul. Yeah. The guardian represents the mind. And then the game and the people and the bodies are the bodies.
0: So let me propose to you something that's uh, very similar, but a little different. Uh, what if the ghosts and the guardian, the ghosts and the risen are some collection of the id, the ego and the superego?
1: Sure. So like yeah. The
0: risen can be one or two and the ghosts can be any of any of the other one or the other two so uh for an example uh I need to just make it make sure I'm reading this right uh for Osiris for example uh he's it, the id is the set of uncoordinated instinctual desires mm-hmm. so partly he's he'd be the id right uh the super ego plays the critical and moralizing role absolutely yeah. Segura like 100 yeah. that that is Segura. Yeah and the ego is the organized realistic agent that mediates between the instinctual desires of the id and the critical superego. Sure. And so maybe like he is ego and id and then Segura is the superego kind of being the moralizing role where Yeah. So he, those
1: would yeah, those would all be faculties of the mind or like like mm-hmm. Freud would say, you know, a part of the the super um Almost like a part of the superposition of the the human mind. So like yeah. if you if you if you if you break it down into the triad of the of the different uh, parts of the mind, and then I, so I it's th- weird it's weird that it's weird that um, they use they use a lot of scenarios where people's uh, prides or mm-hmm. you know their their. Um... <laughs> it's just funny because like it goes back to mythology. It goes back to folklore. It goes back to all the tales, like people's own um, fallible nature comes back to, to, you know, ultimately uh, wreck face, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever your, whatever your bad tendencies are or your good tendencies, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Whatever makes up you is ultimately you. Mm -hmm. And so, whatever gets in your way is ultimately going to be you getting in your own way because you're kind of like this fallible creature, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Osiris is hell bent on his hell bent, uh, decision making around the Vex and, you know, leaving everybody because he thought I saw a future where, you know, some horrible stuff was going to happen. If I tell you about it, it's going to come true. And Mm -hmm. they went off to do this, you know, fight against the Vex, but you know, that got in his way. He got in his own way. Yeah. Just like a lot of characters.
0: Yeah. But I, I think I did a bad job explaining. What I mean to say is is that uh, the ghost and the guardian are like one embodiment. Kind of just separated into two. So, like, there is only one ghost to one guardian or to one risen they have their chosen one they are literally looking for themselves just in like uh, a, yeah. a different body yeah. that's kind of what i was I going see
1: with that too yeah that's a that's initially what i thought when i when when destiny first came out that was the first thing i thought it was like is the ghost just trying to find its former self you know <laughs> like
0: the other fragment <laughs> in a of way self
1: yeah 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 and and the fact that they say words they say keywords like fragments you know ghost fragments like mm. these are all word cues that they love to throw as as like little easter eggs in the game you know you got to yeah. tune into those word cues because they're little hints that yeah, pay off uh so
0: then the last the last paragraph here uh he wrote uh They see the Hive as exploited underclass, for goodness sake. Victims of a cosmic parasite that tricked the poor Krill into eternal slavery. No wonder they haven't found their guardians. They don't want to help anyone kill Hive. Which is kind of a scary thing leading into Witch Queen. Like, Could it just have been Savathun convinced some ghosts to come resurrect some Hive?
1: that's, That's an awful thought.
0: Right? That's the first time we've really gotten that, like, concrete. Like, there are hive sympathizers among the ghosts.
1: Right. Well, Uh, you know, like, you can sympathize with pretty much anything if you think about it long enough.
0: Yeah, but sometimes you just shouldn't. (laughs) Like, the hive... You, I can know. Be like, you can be like, man, you know, like oh, yeah. two million years ago, you guys weren't that bad, but you've got too many, <laughs> but two million yeah. years of a track record <laughs> enough, of being shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, you've had enough time to turn that around, haven't you? <sighs>
0: uh, and then it, it leads into uh, a new section about uh, the tenants of the hidden. So Ikora made the hidden, I think. That's kind of yeah, in the air. Yeah. It, it, it used to be, my thought at least, it used to be that Ikora inherited the hidden, but it sounds more and more like that she created them through her life experiences. Um, and so just to kind of go through these to pick up the pace a little bit, uh the first the first tenant is to find thyself, the second is to know thyself. Uh inside the know thyself uh tenant, she uh annotated a line saying how like she she used to have these uh perverse uh thoughts about uh wanting to shatter her ghost and astound her critics with a display of her full power and to die along Osiris and be reborn as one entity in an eternity of fire and to burn poor Chalco to a temporary smoking smear and laugh at her astonishment
1: yeah so um if Was you don't know oven? out there, if You don't know that out there, Ikora, before she um, really kind of became a Vanguard mentor, mm-hmm. she was um, a rebel, she was very much an iconoclastic, and like her shotgun, uh, was the perfect example of that. The word iconoclast comes up in the lore, uh, and it's related to, to Ikora, but she had, and what does that mean, iconoclasts? True nature is to tear down idols that people worship or elevate to a high status of godlihood, And all they want to do is tear that down because they don't believe that anybody should be in a hierarchical situ- uh, position of authority uh, and treated that way. So mm-hmm. iconoclasts are very punk rock. They want to tear it down and save art for art's sake. They want to save, you know, the whole existence for existence's sake because they feel like the natural world is is really what uh, should prevail and nobody should be like this pyramid scheme of of uh, hierarchy. Like no, no one should be at the peak telling everyone what to do or leading the masses. They believe yeah. that, you know, it's, it's kind of like this, it's almost an- anarchy but not <laughs> and uh, so uh so yeah so Ikora, you know being a, a badass crucible uh fighter it, it kind of leans into her her previous nature so, so sure naturally she would feel that way right yeah inside of her own mind cuz she's wrestling with growth and becoming an, um you know more mature
0: so just to kind of, like, really skip down, um, there are a number of titles for books Ikora is kind of pitching to uh, yeah. ghost. <laughs> uh So just to kind of skip to the middle of them. Uh... Actually, I shouldn't start from the start because I, I'll spend more time just trying to find it. An exegesis of the light by a core array first draft. How to understand the light by a core array first draft. Why the light is not boring by a core array first draft. What illuminates us by a core array first draft. Is it natu- It is natural for guardians to prefer the new and rare, but let's be cautious about it. By a core array first draft. Everyone wanted Gallerhorn, but look what happened when you all got one, <laughs> or why mass tendencies and guardian behavior can, in retrospect, be destructive by Ikora Ray. Ninth draft. I'm not your mom, but sometimes mothers have good advice by Ikora Ray. Second draft. <laughs> There's a reason we switched from Edgewalker to Blade Dancer, and I want to touch on that, yeah, by I I Ikora Ray. First draft. Familiarity shouldn't breed contempt by Ikora Ray. First draft. Puppies wheat bread, and Doing What's Right, Transgressive Thrills, and Contempt for the Wholesome by Ekora Wraith First Draft. Why the Need to Commit Violence in Defense of Light Predisposes Us to Moral Compromise by I Can't Find a Good Title First Draft. When the Truth is Not in the Middle, Why the Everyday Need for Compromise Tricks Us into Grand Moral Keyboard Smash First Draft uh guardians won't read this unless it drops an engram anyway by a core array first draft <laughs> they'll just say ikora should have died instead of Cade. Cade would have been down with stasis and throw it out by a Ray array first draft i hate philosophy and want to go back to the crucible by a core array first yeah. draft delete all those things i wrote no this isn't a title Ophiuchus. De- just delete them all by a core array first draft <laughs>
1: That's a perfect. That's a perfect little gift that the writers gave to people who read the lore because the it, it gives you a little bit insight into how the writers feel, you know, with this game and writing for this game in yeah. this environment, and then you know, like they they're wrestling with their own kind of like, where do we go with this story? What do mm-hmm. we do with these things? And it's nice that it can show up a inside of a story about a Korra. but it also shows you how. Uh, how much Ikora is kind of in this position that she never thought she would be in to begin with. And a lot of people mm-hmm. arrive at those things. Like you don't know necessarily where you're going to end up in life. Um, you may think, you know, you may have all of these convictions when you're young. And then when you get older, you realize, uh, you know, there was a higher purpose for you. And mm-hmm. so you try to fulfill that as much as possible, but inside you, you're still kind of wrestling with your own, you know, uh, Inner demon
0: yeah. So then the, the third Tenant is to destroy thyself And so the amendment In this one tells a story about Ikora fighting a uh, An Ahamkara And yeah. she was wishing for people To be reborn that she had Killed when they reached for her Ghost uh, Winding uh, stopped that From happening but then the tenant Itself actually says when you have located yourself, destroy thyself. Grip yourself like a hand shaking a hand and find the weak places and squeeze. Dude. Which is exactly what we do with the ghosts in yeah. Witch Queen.
1: That's freaky because then it raises us a whole, like, uh, question, right? Yeah. Like, like, are we being lied to? Are we even there? Is this even reality? Kind of like these... <laughs> These things just start popping up in your mind when you read stuff like that. Like, are we just killing ourselves? Or would this is never or have we somehow split off into yeah. some other parallel universe and we're destroying ourselves within? Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh the fourth tenant is shed thyself. And in this amendment, they she adds uh talking about a different Amkar, car. This is one of the few Amkar that we actually know by name. Its name is uh Madhir. And uh to beat them, they she allowed herself to become someone else. So Madhir changed her into someone who Madhir could not tempt. And she notes, I laugh much less since that day, but I am more content. Which it's like so the that's Ikora that her ghost res is not the Ikora that she is today.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: And that's that kind of goes with if you know Ikora's and her ghost's relationship, it's very strained. They like don't communicate. Not so much as the Drifter hating his ghost, but it's just like they're they are they aren't the same people anymore, and that kind well, of goes back.
1: Key into that because wasn't there a point at which Ikora and her ghost just flat out stopped talking?
0: Yeah, that's another. what I mean. Yeah. So um, I wonder if this was the point that they that they that's were no yeah. longer in sync and did and this this goes into what I was saying about the ego the the super ego um hmm. did Ikora change into someone new but her ghost was still now a different person because the ghost and the the risen are awesome. two pieces of a whole but now one piece has been changed.
1: It's funny because the voice actor definitely changed <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh then uh tenant five is embrace a new skin. Uh, tenant six, become the many, and tenant seven, we are unseen. We are as death. Hmm. So very um edgy, Icora. <laughs>
1: very edgy, yeah. But she's pretty edgy.
0: Like, like I get that she's she's a badass, but it's it's this like this long winded way of like,
1: Icora is definitely I it. one of my favorites, and always has been. Um, I. I, I'm a little, I'm a little ashamed that, you know, that at when we first started playing the game, I couldn't, I couldn't stand her <laughs> when we first, because she was so annoying. Like she just kind of made that whole like, she seemed to me at the very beginning of the game, before we knew anything, to be just like a caricature, like almost like a, like a, a stereotype and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and a lot of people didn't see that but i, I kind of felt like oh this is the badass snarky you know yeah 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 in game great but then quickly that all changed like when the dark below came out i was like oh my god she's awesome <laughs> yeah she's the best
0: we're going to we're going to see some more about uh her and her personality later on in in uh this but uh to continue uh we have the uh, consensus, consensus, personal uh, kind of IMs between Ikora and Zavala as they play a game together. Uh, hmm. he mentions placing a stone at six by 24, so I don't know what game they're playing that involves stones. It's it Where might else? be based on a real game. Did you have a suggestion?
1: I have no idea what that oh, okay. means.
0: Um, and then Zavala is snarky and says, I'll get back to you after the consensus meeting or you'll be distracted the whole time trying to think up your reply. And it's like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, people really like those. I mean, that's 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 funny and all, but it's it's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then we have um, another hidden report this time from a guardian named Truce. And uh, this is on the subject of the latest stasis behaviors. And so, like I said earlier, we start to look at how stasis has changed. And so stasis in the game has been nerfed many times now. It does not operate as it used to. And so he actually says, uh, let's say they're right. And stasis has in some way changed itself. Why would stasis weaken its effect against other guardians? I'll tell you exactly why. Same reason a virus evolves, a strain that won't kill its host. People were turning against stasis, didn't like what it was doing to their crucible, so stasis made itself nicer. So we'd keep on using it. If stasis was better than what the traveler gave us, we wouldn't be able to accept it as just another colorful species of whoopass. Yeah. We might get scared of it. But this way, it's nice and balanced. Everything kept in a proper balance and doesn't balance sound like a goal worth striving for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ullantin, and um, he he also mentions how a virus. If uh, I'm trying to find it now, I, I didn't uh, put a comment on it. Uh, if a virus were able to make its uh, okay, a virus will crank up its lethality to 99%. So long as the viciousness also lets it reach a new host. If a virus can make people explode like rotten balloons and infect everyone nearby, yeah. a virus would do it. Viruses don't give a damn for anything except making, other, making more of themselves. They certainly don't give a damn for their own long-term viability. They're too stupid to think that far in advance. So keep that in mind when it comes to assessing the safety of stasis. After all, it's a power we use to explode each other like rotten balloons.
1: So it's infecting one another so like this uh this idea that the more people play with it the more other people are going to want to play with it and it's Mm -hmm. just kind of infecting the the pure uh, what is the best light like what is the light that's considered good up until this point
0: in my in my opinion because it's not light and dark as separate entities they exist on a spectrum they, sure. they, that, for, so, so that means you have, like, you're saying, what is the lightest light, and what is the darkest dark, darkest light, and yeah. so solar is the lightest light, arc, void, because back in the dark ages, even void was seen as like, whoa, that's too dark oh, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then stasis, whatever the second one would be, and then finally taken as the truest form of darken, because the act of taking something is. As actually mentioned in here, winnowing yeah. away something until it's its most perfect form.
1: Yeah. So I had a new, uh, I had a new thing come up because um, I was thinking about like the poison subclass, and I was thinking about like just what could come next, type of thing. You know, we all do that. We love to, mm-hmm. you know, think about what's next. Even, yeah, it does. <laughs> so, um, so I was thinking like as a whole. I did this a long time ago, you know, where I tried to define like the three um, elements in Mm -hmm. game that we use um, before, you know, we got stasis, which if you, if you strip down stasis to its base level, it's kind of just entropy in a in a manner it's stripping, it's taking everything out of something until nothing's left, but a reaction to nothingness, which is cold freezing because that's, that's how that exists. So, Anyway, the so you're cold. actually
0: you're you're actually skipping ahead. Um, the appended file on the stasis of uh, Truce's ghost, Cowlick, they did a study on it, and they say it just sucks entropy out of the system until it's got a crystal.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's where I was when when we first learned about um, stasis, and mm-hmm. that's really what I was keying into when I was trying to define. um um, the elements originally and so i saw that coming it was just funny because there was the whole like social media fight about it's ice powers you know and yeah yeah it is but it's entropy like creating ice out of nothingness because when you have nothingness the only thing that's left is the crystal right so Mm -hmm. so anyway um so that made me think about well how does how does all of this work within a universe that's full of matter and and dependent on these um these fundamental laws that are are a part of the building blocks of the universe um and then so I started to think about one of the things that was in destiny very early on which was uh, uh alchemy and mm-hmm. how does alchemy incorporate within the world of of destiny in the universe of destiny and alchemy is uh, an alchemical uh, reaction it's chemistry it's protochemistry. it's this idea that chemically things can be created or destroyed in certain ways or manipulated in certain ways and if you look at the hive as a whole they kind of have with paracausality obviously because that's how any of this crap happens anyway like solar it happens you can manipulate soul soul fire because of paracausality it's not fire exists always it's not electricity exists always it's not mm-hmm. gravity exists always it's yeah those are parts of the universe that we are somehow attuned able to attune our light to and manipulate and use as weapons right yeah. so chemistry or alchemy is one of those things that the hive have attuned themselves to and be able to use. Uh, because just like dredge and your, just like, uh, a lot of the hivey hiveness that's happened, weapons of sorrow. The thing that, that keeps coming up is the poisoning, right? And how it devour devours and mm-hmm. decays. All of those things are chemical reactions. All of those things are taking matter and, and decaying yeah. it to another form.
0: Yeah. So, so that, that, that makes sense for the for the next step. Yeah. So
1: so when Void was heretical, Void was very much um using the absence of 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 light to punch through and pull by using gravitational gravity the party the part of the universe that you know was later defined. But being able to punch through and pull something out from that in-between layer of realities and then use it as a weapon, that's mm-hmm. void. So Void is very uh mysterious in that way. You void know, yeah. is is using that gravity around you to punch through realities.
0: It's 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 on, it's honestly like your 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 uh truce's ghost because that's basically exactly what they they say um Uh, Warlocks thought that if you carried out the impossible task of sucking all energy out of the volume of space-time, nulling out even the zero-point fluctuations and achieving a true void, then you could achieve a physical regimen where space and time themselves cease to exist. Instead, you'd get space-time condensate, a superfluid vacuum, uh, going on in yeah. this theory, stasis crystals were a cold so deep that they froze space time itself. It had a yeah. certain elegance, but either the true void does not exist, or it is not here attained, or I am just misinterpreting this data.
1: There you go. So, like, there's a there's a limit to as far as you can go with any particular elemental or a fundamental law of nature. So, like, at the root cause of of of, of existence are these are these material atomic uh, orbiting um, attractions that create, right? And then (laughs) there's also this anti-matter. There's this annihilation of the universe. So things pop up and exist for unexplainable reasons, just as they annihilate themselves. And that void as a whole plays with that. It's that interplay with, How does something create and annihilate itself within Mm -hmm. an instant and just pop? It seems to pop in and out of existence from nowhere, right? Because you're not meant to understand and know everything down to its, you know, I mean, what's beyond the cork, right? You know, (laughs) like you can't go any further. Like there's only so far that you can go and Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay to not understand. It's okay to not know. You know, you can be okay with not knowing something. It's that pursuit of knowledge that propels you forward. And so, like, these different facets of light are birthed from that. uh, Because these, you know, Guardians Risons are playing with uh, their paracausality. They're using it in in, in ways that are are really neat. Like when Anna shoots her golden gun, right, Mm -hmm. for the first time. How did that happen? She was backed into a corner when she discovered that ability. Is that how it happened?
0: You, do you mean the pools uh, of
1: light? The pools of light lore. Oh, about, okay. Yeah.
0: You you mean specifically? How did Anna create pools of light? Exactly. Oh, okay. It sounded like you were. And I, I I'm I, I'm blanking on his fucking name. Shin malfer. It sounded yeah. like you were referencing Shin Malfur, who was That's a not exactly too. backed in the corner, but like just all of a sudden yes. he f- felt the fire going down his arm, and it came out yeah. through his gun, and
1: you know, yeah. sure. so like attuning yourself into this situation. But evolution happens when the threat of d- uh, extinction arises.
0: Yes, <laughs> there you go. Um, so then, before we move on, though, there is one other thing in um, truces. Uh, uh, I forgot what this. I just, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on words. Truce's thing here to Ikora hidden, hidden report. There we go. Uh, he says, I see stasis users who shouldn't have any kind of power, never mind stasis. Huh, does that mean non risen are using stasis and like not Aramis and Aramis's? Is... Lieutenants, because everyone knows Aramis and Aramis's lieutenants are using stasis, does that mean non-risen humans are using stasis because the darkness was in them all along from the Cambrian explosion, as it actually says in uh... The experimentalists out here mutter that Sasis has a mind of its own, which is strange, right? Because they all insist that the darkness comes from within us. It's that it's that it's a part of us, some residue from the Cambrian explosion or whatever, which is actually in the same uh uh report. It's just a little further up. So it sounds like regular humans are using Sasis, right? Am I crazy in thinking that?
1: Well, maybe, maybe not necessarily what you're saying, but like, yeah, in some way, or form the darkness and or the light is inside of us all in some facet or form, but like ultimately being able to manipulate it is the pericausality of, or the ability of the risen, but like, but, okay. So like, do you but think yes. it's
0: exclusively tied to risen? Do you not, do you think it,
1: I, it... I, 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 I do only because what makes up a risen it's it's that it's that initial thing that caused them to be a remarkable entity in the universe and so maybe in nature this ability to become a risen is inside of us all right it's just that miraculous thing has to happen first when, and i only say that because we have a story of like a ghost leaving one perch particular guy and then going to another one
0: <laughs> we don't but and that's what we i was
1: kind of do and don't. but we
0: kind of don't because if we did there would be there would be evidence of such uh, a thing happening and ghosts do not understand if that is a, a possible thing they they true. question it if they yeah. it, if they can if they continue to question it then it means that there, it never historically happened could it have happened yeah it could have happened but it has not historically
1: happened at this point it, at this point it's just a tale yes yeah i know i get it, it it's just like i was just reading about i'm sorry i don't mean to sidebar but it's black history month and i was reading about uh, yasuki who was um uh, the supposed first black samurai mm-hmm and uh, mm-hmm. so, like, historically, there's all this evidence that points to him as being the first black samurai. But then there's all these other, like, historians that argue and and um, and, and say, oh, well, there's no way because, like, circumstantially, it would have had to arise under this particular way and stuff, and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and argument and argument and argument, right? But at the end of the day, yes, it was because... We have this story. We have this beautiful folkloric tale, just like we have all of these tales about other people that were here before us. And until that factually can be disproved or changed, mm. it exists. And therefore, yes, he was. And so that's where I come to like some of these uh, decisions. Like you have to use a certain bias, um, pro bias, or like, you know, this, like, it comes to a point where you kind of have to accept. The I, tales accept, the I accept
0: many things that are not entirely proven, <laughs> and and my <laughs> bias is of that ghosts have one guardian until I see an actual piece of evidence that suggests a ghost can have more than one guardian.
1: Yeah. Well, Sabathun's got her own ghost. So
0: Sabathun has Osiris's ghost, which would be an interesting way to, <clears throat> to, to, to pitch that.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I I really hope that we're I really hope that we're gonna hear Savathun's ghost talk and it's gonna be Segura's voice actor. That would actress. be insane. That'd be kinda sad. That would be impactful. Yeah, it would to say the least. Um <laughs> Okay, well, we've been at this for a little while, so let's let's yeah. try to, to keep this going. Um oh. Icora actually believes uh that she doesn't really fit in as anything that she and this is kind of like what i was saying before uh where you were like you didn't really like her and her personality how it's developed and everything um you know cade was funny and so people liked that he 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 was this thing and Shax is a thing Shax shouts zavala fathers heiress avenge ziz no. <laughs> uh ikora kind of doesn't do anything And so she's in this position where she has to lead people and she's like, how, how am I supposed to be, be a bulwark against their lies? But what if I'm supposed to be a bulwark against the lies? But what if the, they, they, the guardian population, like the liars more than me, she feels unlikable. And, and I I feel, I hope that in game as well, we're going to see a lot of Ikora's uh, development finally happen. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, and then it appears, do you off the top of your head know who VIP 1316 is? I know Blue has a list, but I don't think 1316 exists. No. So um, I'm pretty sure these are all spam hate mails from the Drifter <laughs> because the first one reads... Wait, K-I-Corp. it kind
1: of goes into that. Hello, first name into a bunch of numbers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's 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 uh anonymous tower guest account 6C C842D. Oh wait, look That's at awesome. that. Yeah. Uh 1ALF. Oh no, it's ALF and A1F. Okay, so it's barely the same. Oh no, it is yeah. the same. They must have just mistyped. So it's the same it's the same account. It's the same account, but it's got three different signs sign-offs so it's absolutely the drifter thank you for thank you for pointing that out because that just confirmed it um yeah the first one reads hey icora did it ever occur to you that aramis is a common language anagram for am eris it's funny how three eyes works for you but now she works for me works with me maybe you weren't giving her enough chances to grow no salutations entered vip 1316 wow uh, then Hey Ikora, did you sign off on this? Zavala ordered a search on my ship to get samples of my plants. They are known similarities between your vessel's infestations and the growths aboard the derelict glycon volatis. Tell the big guy that if he wants to get at my garden, he'd better start pounding some primevals. Transmat firing D. And then the last one. Hey, Ikora. I hate ice planets. Nothing good ever happens on an ice planet. You can't even burn guts for heat where there is no air. You and I you and I used to push the edge of the map, remember? My crew ended up out past Neptune exploring dwarf planets full of monoliths. But you, yeah, now you're is. one in the tower collecting the reports, making the maps. I always wanted to say I admire you for throwing everything behind the hunt for Prince Udon... At least you know how to stick up for your crew. Catch you soon. No man. So you you had something to say there?
1: There's a lot to unpack in all of that because, I agree. Uh, again, Bungie planting seeds and, and still trying to, like, lay them out in front of you. It, it's like it, they're just kind of scattering here and there because they're calling back to certain mm-hmm. things that have happened. Like the monolith with Drifter, right? And him using guts to make a fire to keep himself warm. We know the story of the Drifter, so they're calling back to that. It's a callback.
0: And this is um, this is probably the closest we've actually gotten to an understanding of where it was. I mean, there's yes. much past Neptune, but yeah. it it does kind of sound like it's not that far if he's going right. past Neptune. Like, that's his yeah. qualifier
1: ice planets and they have monoliths on them and so that kind of that harkens back to that that mysterious thing that he was talking about that nobody can really define Mm -hmm. what the heck is the monolith and why were there beasts in cages where he was he's got one on his
0: derelict don't forget that
1: yeah that's true yeah exactly so (sighs) hopefully it'll pay off
0: yeah um and we've, we've talked at length about the uh, infestation on the Derelict Glycon yeah. and his own plants and his garden. So it's really um, really cool to see that Bungie's not giving up on that. I think that will be the key to the second Darkness subclass. Yeah. As, as we've said, a, a kind of Poison-esque one. I don't think they're going to call it Poison, just like they don't call Stasis Ice. I don't think it is Poison. I think it will act right. similarly to Poison, though.
1: It, yeah, it'll do. It'll do the thing that everybody calls it, and then we'll all argue about what it actually is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next letter is from uh, Sen Arit, who is a guardian claiming to have been resurrected or claiming to have died thirteen thousand years ago. Uh, they were a. Female Kadan recovered from strata of Mesolithic battle site at the Jebel Sahaba in Egypt.
1: Yeah, that's pretty, this one I liked because, um, I'm not going to go into that, but it's almost like a real thing. So, um, real quick.
0: Do you think this is a real thing?
1: uh before we get into the, the the it the, the kind of over. is it kind of is and maybe i'll put out a tweet about it because there's an item that's coming that has to do with it and um i can't wait until witch queen comes out because i wanted to find it like right away
0: okay but okay it, because i was gonna we'll say, wait
1: we'll, we'll wait on that one but yes it is kind of a thing
0: well I, what and i mean so, is what i mean is what i mean to say is uh so I am a low power guardian, very big fanatic of your work as warlock caravan guard. Like it, it sounds like someone is just trying to annoy her. Yeah. And part of me is like is this fucking drifter still?
1: <laughs> it could be. It could like, be uh
0: great strain in process of my resurrection and then in parentheses original birth is not called resurrection, death is not called desurrection and it's it sounds like a lot of shit posting to be honest
1: it is it is it's like it's like the drifter doesn't know you know how to be eloquent he's trying yeah it 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 very much has to be the drifter
0: like right like i'm you said yeah, that there was is. potentially something that corroborates it. So No,
1: I just think where he's getting his factual knowledge from comes from real life. And like, so there's okay. something that specifically has to do with that. Uh, that It's like when you go on Google and you look up something. Like I do this all the time. And so I fall for these traps all the time because I don't know nothing. I just have this bad case of IOT. So I go out and I look for stuff and I try to find out what it is. And then I end up in these rabbit holes and I go, what is this? Mm -hmm. And then I I learned about something that had nothing to do with what I was researching, and somehow I become like an accidental ornithologist, right? You know, because (laughs) that's a comedian that said that once. He was like, I look up something, and then I end up, yeah. So anyway, you know all about something you had no intention of learning about. And and that's what I love about um, this game is because... It it creates that hunger that um, that fire in me to go learn stuff that I otherwise probably wouldn't care about or have thought enough about to go research and so that's one of the things I love about it and so in a nutshell, I absolutely agree it's like the drifter went Google give me something really cool to say or smart sounding and then he regurgitated it but kind of got it wrong. Yeah. Because he was trying to use it as ammo.
0: <laughs> it, it just it just feels like someone's shit posting.
1: Yeah, it's it is totally shit. It's like uh, when somebody says, well, actually, and then yeah. like they only know just enough about something to get themselves in trouble in yeah. an argument. <laughs>
0: uh next we have another uh hidden report, this time from Anor, the uh Praxic Warlock, who oh, we boy, had a we lot go. to do with in season of the drifter. Yeah uh, Nothing's really changed with her she absolutely hates the use of stasis she wants to go with War to, wants to go to war with everyone who uses stasis, et cetera, et cetera. and then she ends tell me you haven't used stasis tell me you haven't and then we get their uh, back and forth messages of Ikora yeah. kind of dodging the question and Anor being like answer my question and Ikora dodging the question and her saying, Answer my question, and then Ikora finally saying, "Of course, I haven't used it. I need to be a flawless leader. I need to have. I need to be twice as good, twice as often. I can't afford an indiscretion like Stasis."
1: Yeah, because she she well, Anor would totally go crazy. Yeah,
0: Anora would like (laughs) literally go up and kill Ikora. Everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That's that's crazy. But so. So like that's that whole fanatical uh, experience with the praxis being. I don't want to say like they're all the praxis are that way, but like the hard right leaning praxis.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. Uh,
1: you know that. So anyway, I'm going to get in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So then we have another Ikora Zavala. I am. Where they're continuing to talk about their game because Ikora is playing is is metagaming according to Zavala. And uh Ikora replies, I'll get back to you after the cons- consensus. I don't want to spend the whole session planning I don't want you to spend the whole session planning your reply, which is what he said to her, which is weird. It's like how 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 in and out of meetings are they with the consensus?
1: Yeah, that's that is weird. Like how often does that even is that a thing? it's I, almost like it, are they are they still having in the in this world in this universe are they still having meetings to plan another meeting you know I like, mean it
0: sounds like they are <laughs> that's that's an, it just sounds like there <laughs> there's this nothing of but meetings and it's kind of yeah you would think
1: crazy. we would have evolved like as, as a species beyond this point but it still apparently happens
0: mm-hmm. um so then we go from there and we have uh this time a hidden report by Cora and uh, personal examination of the glycon Volatus derelict and so I was just kind of breaking down um, how how the derelict f- or how the glycon felt how uh how everything went wrong and it it starts to bring up things like the unveiling missives which came in the season of arrivals ikora was getting the unveiling missives it's known as the lore book unveiling so it's really interesting because now we have like the book of sorrows and the unveiling missives there's a lot of things that eris is involved with that is kind of like introduction to darkness for for general guardian population use you know, and then we, yeah. we have Elsie's uh, timeline where Eris is a bad guy. And it's like, at what point can we, I've never been on the side of, oh, Eris is up to something. Eris is bad. I'm like, no, Eris is traumatized. Like, give her a fucking break. Right. Um, but now it's starting to feel a little too much. Like, at what point do you stop someone from like okay but why are you translating like nazi propaganda for english like
1: (laughs) right right are you gonna become so much of a sympathizer that you just end up becoming the monster yeah you know
0: it's 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 like it's one thing to be like oh we have to understand our enemy i get that but maybe don't be like man look at what they believed and give it to everyone and like start getting people to believe it too
1: Letting everyone have Mein comp. Here you go. Just yeah. Read it. <laughs> there, 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 it,
0: there's a line that I'm afraid she's going to cross.
1: Yeah. You know, and that, that happens a lot too. Like how much, like when is information considered like detrimental to society?
0: <laughs> uh, and so from there, we have a van net personal message. This there's so many different types of messages as well.
1: The van nets Orca. are cool,
0: but I mean, there's so many different types of messages where it's like consensus, personal van net personal. And then you have these like independent IM messages. Like they have fucking cell phones still. Yeah. And uh, there's a whole lot, but this one is from Shaxx to Ikora. And uh, so Ikora and Zavala's is uh, V-I-N-C-I-N-C... Or C-I-N-C... Wait, what the fuck? Let me find uh, Zavala's again. So, V-A-N-C-I-N-C-T-A-N. So, Vanguard... I don't know what the C-I-N-C is. Titan, right? And then... Ikora's is V-A-N-C-I-N-C-L-O-C-K, Vanguard, C-I-N-C, Warlock. is, however, is, uh, I just scrolled right past it. I am the, I am the Cruce Shaxx. So I am the Crucible. Oh. I guess we lost Rhino. You got big me now. I don't like having big me. Uh I'll just keep it going. Hopefully he can uh make it back. And uh so Shax is I am the crucible Shax. Uh what's, what I really like about this uh personally though is that Shax is typing in all lowercase. He he uh has no capitals even at the start of a sentence, and he talks about uh his this is probably one of the biggest things that happened uh, from this collector's edition lore he talks to Ikora about his time with Marasov uh specifically it rhino's computer is updating specifically the uh the helmet stayed on episode and uh the helmet stayed on when he was just reminiscing to Marasov about a woman they both cared about Shuroido so, nothing actually happened with Shax and Marosov. There are many people who were, like, avidly against that. And uh, so it's pretty cool to see that kind of, like, come come uh, full circle. Uh, and then moving on to another. This is a little surprising. Apparently, uh, Fenchurch is also a hidden agent and Neville, uh, as the, the report goes. And in this report, uh, Fenchurch recalls a vision he had in which Eris goes to Mara and talks about the darkness is coming and Mara sees fit to leave the Reef with Eris and go after the darkness. And that is where uh, Mara approaches a pyramid and punches it and destroys the the pyramid, which uh, many people should know is actually from a... uh, a lore entry we've had since Forsaken from the uh, Sleepless rocket launcher, which is one of the Dreaming City uh, rocket launchers. Uh, in this entry, Shiraido sure is telling Mara a dream she had that takes place in the future. Uh, she says, And I was dead, I think. She cracks her neck with a delicious loud pop or trapped like in a maze, but pretty close to figuring my way out. Mm-hmm. Sure, st- stands to stretch. She does not mind that Mara is not listening. Let her read. And there was another woman with you on the triangle. Mar- Mara murmurs, "Mm-hmm." Yeah, she was helping. Then your brother showed up, and she shakes out her arms, frowning thoughtfully. The dream is already fading. He said, tropea or maybe it was tropical. Anyway, uh, at the start of it, I was dreaming. I saw you on a great black triangle. You split it in two with your bare hands. I skipped. I skipped over that part by accident. So, this has already happened. Mara has actually single-handedly destroyed uh, a pyramid, and it happened off-screen. I was kind of hoping that it would happen in the future, uh, but that does suggest that uh, Sure Ido is currently trapped in what I like to call the Labyrinth. There are many Labyrinths throughout Destiny right now, and there are more in the Collector's Edition. I will be posting images on the Loose Cannon when I get my own. Uh, This Labyrinth the maze that she mentions being trapped in she's not dead she's trapped in it when we went to her statue to get the wish under bow she mentioned um that she would return one day and she would actually come and take wish under back from us which is kind of funny to think about like her actually taking it from us um so eventually and if this had already happened it kind of does corroborate the potential that shurida will come back sooner rather than later Uh, then, uh, the message ends and then I, Cora sends a message back to Fenchurch and she's, you know, she's talking about, uh, Mara and she says, I believe Mara has begun to consider that she may not be the prime executor of her own endgame. She may just be a component of the bomb, a payload or a timing device at the end of her own journey. She is necessary, but not sufficient. She can no longer fight alone. So this might actually be one of the most important, uh, happenings because this might be the instance where Mara does things differently instead of thinking that she can do it on her own she's she's going to rely on the Guardians to use light and dark to help her take out the darkness where in all of Elsie's other futures and other timelines and other loops even Mara Saab has failed and maybe this is the thing that needed to change Uh, it ends all right, no, it doesn't end. I'm sorry. Not having of here is rough because now I have to do stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry about this. Uh, Icora responds to Chalko all the way from the beginning, where um his for it was his first message she's she she kind of confesses to him all about the doubts she has you know she's she's saying i have all these doubts within me and i feel like i'm not going to be able to like actually be there in the end and succeed and people are gonna need to rely on me and it's not good and she she thanks him for she says thank you for your report i don't know what to call what we are Chalko. uh potentially her i think Chalko might be a woman um it's just that it's just that what we are thanks to you always writing, maybe I can find some clarity in action now that I've gotten this out uh Keitel sends a report from her her scribe to Ikora demanding to know if if any guardians are in talks with Callus after the glycon, even though Keitel oversaw the glycon expeditions uh Zavala and Ikora go back and forth about uh that report and ikora says uh has someone been or ikora says i'm relieved i didn't think of that i don't feel much of a ruler guardians only listen to me if they feel like it have you ever considered a state marriage to Keitel to solidify our alliance and zavala says have you which is you know one of those meme things that are going around now Icora responds to Keitel. Uh, basically saying we haven't spoken with Callus and if we do, you're going to need to give us something before we just give you that information yourself. Um, and then the final thing, what I thought was a little bit earlier is a, uh, battery test battery results on, uh, by Chalco, basically explaining a psych evaluation. If, if Ikora were to ever to become so bad, how do you stop Ikora? And Ikora is such a badass that he's like, no one is actually going to be able to stop her. She would She would kill anyone who tried to come and actually defeat her in a one-on-one fight. But if you needed to... Uh, If I can name a single weakness in Ikora, it is her her distaste for doubt. She thinks quickly and clearly. She is accustomed to receiving the highest quality information and subjecting it to the most pristine and multiply contingent analysis. Cut off her senses, make her anxious, force her to doubt herself, and then flood her with contradictory and high-stakes decisions which cannot be optimized. She will either paralyze herself or turn to raw fury. The fury, at least, is predictable. Uh... So that ends the collector's edition. I'm sorry that Rhino dropped out. His computer uh, had an automatic update. So it just kind of hit him out of nowhere today. Um, that's going to be it for our episode this week. We hope that you enjoy uh, Witch Queen on the 22nd. And it's nine days away on the 27th. Rhino and I will be back. We'll be talking about Witch Queen uh, story. Hopefully the the whole story the whole expansions, like you know, campaign can be played all the way through, and we're gonna have our thoughts on that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show, as it is spelled down there, it's C A N O N show. Um, from there, you can find all our YouTube upload, podcast upload, you know, uh, wherever you can find us if you were not here for the whole show and you want to listen back to it, uh, or watch it on YouTube because it also goes up there. And uh, that's going to be it for me. So bye, everybody.